Good morning. So Ephesians 6, 14 through 17 reads, So stand strong with the belt of truth tied around your waist, and on your chest wear the protection of right living. On your feet wear the good news of peace to help you stand strong. And also use the shield of faith with which you can stop all the burning arrows that come from the evil one. Accept God's salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit. That sword is the teaching of God. Praise God. All right. You may have a seat. Good morning, all. And it brings me pleasure, and I'm excited to bring the word of God to you this morning. First, I would like to give honor to my beautiful wife, who's always support me and helps me to be the man of God that I am, and <laughs> Kelly Short. Um, she said, you better not call me or make me stand up, so I'll just call out her name. <laughs> and then I'd like to thank my mother for coming to support me today, Joyce. Thank you. Praise God. Um, the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is what we're going to be talking about, discussing today. And I remember when I was younger and they would say the sword of the spirit and give its relevance of what it was and how the sword can do this damage, you know? And I'm like, that's interesting. I can never piece it together, you know, quite until I really got in and started studying that. So, what my goal is today is to make sh- is to help you develop a full understanding before you leave today um, of the what, the why, the when, and the how about the sword of the spirit. Okay, so that's that's my goal and. That goal is because when you leave here, if you have an understanding of those four points there, you will leave here a different person. You will leave here uh, on another level of being a threat to the enemy, okay? It's not just living a life, you know, Christian life and, oh, I'm going to heaven and I'm happy with that. No, it's living an abundance life to where the enemy has no Authority over your life and over the life of those who you rule over, your children or even rule with your spouse. Okay, so that's the goal today. So let's jump in with the what. The what is knowing that the supreme weapon we have to successfully fight in this spiritual battle that we're in today. And that weapon is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now that's the what. Now, the why is that I trust after these past few weeks that um, in all the teachings that we've been having about the whole armor of God, that we have all kind of firmly ingrained in our minds and in our heart, okay, that we're truly in a battle. We are in a battle. It's not, a, it's not what you call a, a, a physical battle, but we're in a spiritual battle. And a lot of people take that lightly. I never have. I don't take it lightly. I sense the warfare in the spirit. And the only way that we can overcome is to know how to fight in this battle. 
Okay, and that's what we're trying to do today. The bulk of the pieces of the armor which we have examined this far are all defensive in nature. So over the past few weeks, all the armor that we've been talking about in Ephesians are all defensive in nature. Um, And they're meant to protect us from the enemy's attack. Okay, now, as an an ex-ranked boxer, I learned a lesson in... When I learned that lesson and applied it, it moved me to another level to be a top-ranked boxer. And that is, a good offense comes from the foundation of an excellent defense. So, it's not all about that defense, but if you have a good offense, man, you're at another level then. And that's what we're focusing on today. You've been learning the defensive task through the week. So today we're going to examine the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword. Let's look at the sword for a minute, which is, a, which is symbolic to the word of God. There's a picture of it. But you know, I thought it would be much better if I actually got the sword which is called the gladius. It's a Roman Empire sword, the gladius. And I thought it would be better if I got it. So I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to get a sword on a Saturday? This, you know, a gladius at that. And I thought about it. I was like, oh my goodness. My good friend has a passion for swords. And I don't think as many of them that she doesn't have. So thank you, Christine. <laughs> She has a passion, and I thank you for your passion. She has some nice swords. So if I knew I can get a sword, if I couldn't get it from her, I wasn't going to get it anywhere. So this is the gladius, which is a Roman sword, Roman soldier sword. It's double, it's a double, what you hear, a double-edged sword, meaning it's sharp on both sides. So you can slice from that direction, or you can slice from that direction. Um... That's what makes it unique. And as you can see, this sword is only about 12 to 20 inches long. And that's because it's designed for close combat. Okay? Um, the, the gladius sword was used by the Roman soldiers, but it was not the only weapon that they had to use. However, it was the weapon of choice, the gladius sword. So when we think, let me put it here because I'm going to need that. (laughs) So now let's talk a minute about the word of God. That's the sword, the physical sword. Now let's talk about the word of God. The spirit of God has given us as Christ followers a marvelous weapon within the word of God. And I need to clarify the word of God, what I mean by that. When, when I say the word of God or when we read the word of God in the Bible, the apostle Paul is not referring to the entire Bible. Okay? When he says the word of God, he's not referring to the entire Bible, but word translated, getting a little tight here, word translated, in the Greek does not refer to the word logos, but it refers rather to the word rhema. And the word rhema is basically a particular passage that's relevant to a particular need that you have at hand. 
So you may be reading through the word of God and then all of a sudden the verses that you're reading applies to the situation you're going through and you're like, whoa, wow. And God is speaking to you. That's God's rhema word, rhema. Okay. So we need to develop that understanding because it's very, very important. Another important thing is, and God hit me with it today. And as we was worshiping the last song there, he said, you know what? The word spoke does not mean talk. It just means words coming, speaking, understanding, words coming from your being, whether it be verbally or whether it be if I can't talk and I'm mute, I can sign. That's talking in the sign language language, in in sign language. So we get it all confused. In that world, that's talking. Okay. Now the other point is this. When you talk or when he say speak, communicating, You can also speak or communicate through singing. So sometimes you may not have the word, but it may be a song in your heart from the word of God. Singing is also speaking. And you'll find the relevancy of the two as we go along. Wanted to make that straight. Um, The word of God as a sword. So now I've explained the sword and explained the word of God. So let's bring them together. The word of God used as a sword. With that clarification in mind, you'll be able to see how the word of the Lord can compare um, wonderfully with the sword. You can see how they can come together. Um, Whether used defensively or offensively, a single verse or passage well understood, number one, and number two, rightly applied, is an extremely powerful weapon in spiritual warfare. So you must understand it and you must know how to apply it, okay? So let's talk about the when. When to use this sword? Well, the sword, as we've found, as we've noticed here, is a defense weapon. It's a defensive weapon. Even though defensive armor has been covered over the past few weeks, the word of God as the sword is a defensive weapon of armor that we're going to talk about for a minute here. Did you know that the, that a relevant spoken scripture can not only challenge but also deflect temptation and also cause a thrust to false teaching or ruminating thoughts? Did you know that? I mean, that, that's when the enemy, when Satan get his imps to come after you with temptation, the word of God that you pull from the Bible and you apply in song. See, I think things as I go. If I apply it in song, I know he's going to run. <laughs> so the word of God that you apply in song or either in word from the Bible, um, Lord, control my mind because it's a comedy show in my head sometimes. Um, That you apply when that temptation comes at you, what it does is it put a, it, it, it severs, it, 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 it comes at an attack against that attack of temptation. It, and I don't want to say it stops the attack because Satan's going to keep coming. But however, that particular temptation, he puts a stop to it to where it's not overcoming you. Okay, that's what I mean by stop. It doesn't overtake you. It doesn't overcome you. And that's simply by speaking the word of God. A lot of these are basic principles. But, you know, sometimes we need to go back to the basics because we become too conditioned to think we got it all, you know, because we've been saved for several years and it's all good in our world. And I'm only speaking from my lifestyle. 
You know, so sometimes I have to return to the basics in order to say, why is this happening? What do I need to do? So the best example that I can give to describe this sort of um, attack and, and, and the scripture being used to beat temptation back um, is found in Matthew, the fourth chapter, the, the first through the 11th verse. Let's read that. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came to attend to him. Now, Satan attacked Jesus, as you notice there, and I I love that study. Uh, Satan attacked Jesus in the areas that are common to his attack upon us today. And it's three areas that he attacked him in, and that's the lust of the eyes, which is the area of materialism. That's the lust of the flesh, which is also known as the lust of the body, Um, which deals with hedonism. And then there's the pride of life. And the pride of life deals with egoism. Those are the three ways and the only three ways that Satan, study your word. Those are the only three ways Satan attacks us. It's entwined within one of those areas. So what I'm going to help you do today is develop a stance, a fighter stance, okay? And to understand what you're fighting against and how to best fight against what's coming at you. Okay, when do I use a jab? Keep my opponent off. That's what the word of God is telling us. When do I use a hook? When do I use a right hand? That's what we're going to learn today. A little bit about that. All right. So Satan uses these areas and every time Satan tried to tempt Jesus in these three isms areas, Jesus countered defensively using the word of God as the spirit, as um, the sword of the spirit. With a, it is written statement, which is pretty cool. I love how he did that. One thing we don't realize, though, when we look at that passage is Jesus brought, he brought a specific passage of scripture that dealt with the specific nature of the attack of temptation that was come that had came upon him okay so every time satan came to him as you notice in those three areas jesus brought a specific scripture to battle against that it is written and so it boils down to this as i was reading that you know what 
Jesus did not bring this weapon to a sword fight, to a gladius fight. I don't know if you can see this, but this is a plastic knife. This is not not the weapon of choice that Jesus used for the battle that he was in, okay? You choose which one you will use. Now, as I was taking a shower today and God showed me this revelation, many of us are living a life carrying this word around. We're saved, we're going to heaven, but fighting the enemy, we choose to fight him with this. So therefore, there is a struggle in our lives. Why? We're in war with a plastic. Who wants the service going to war against these other countries with plastic silverware or plastic knives? Seriously. And that's why many of us are having the troubles we have today is because we're fighting with the wrong weapons. We don't realize what has been provided unto us. We choose to pick up this. And why? Because you see, this involves speaking the word of God. This involves the word of God. This is symbolic to the word of God. So if this, the Bible tells us this is symbolic to the word of God, what is this symbolic to? A lack a lack of scripture, a lack of the word of God. So that's where that balance comes in that we have to have. My family will tell you, um, I'm good at, we're good at, my wife will see an attack of the enemy. And she, if I don't see it, she'll tell me. Then it becomes my responsibility as the father and husband of our house to go and pray before God. And then I'll come up with the scripture that God is, that the spirit of God is placed in my spirit. And you want, and, and. I'll give it to my kids. You should see the text that we have. I keep them. I don't delete them so they can't say I didn't give it to them, you know. Um, I'll give it to my kids because now they're far away. And then I say, this is the scripture, our family scripture that we should be studying. So at least three times a day, you're to read and recite that scripture. That's, and I found that helping my children to fight a good fight of faith. Not only my children, but me and my wife, when the enemy can't attack our marriage, I'm solid. If he comes at me, it's got to be another area because he knows I'm strong in certain areas. And we pray every day on that. We pray every day on relationships in our home. Memory of scripture is solid in our home. And I encourage you to do the same. Begin to memorize that scripture so that the enemy will have trouble when he chooses to attack you. See, when the temptation comes out our way and the enemy's attacking us, whatever means that he chooses to attack, we need to be able to to, to speak to that temptation with scripture and then to speak to that issue and then meditate on it. Because then that's when we have the power to overcome it. Now, I want to give a little attention to a passage in Matthew that I thought was um, pretty good too. And that's, did you notice that Satan himself quoted scripture, quoted scripture in one of his attacks upon um, Jesus? 
Did you notice that? It was in verse 6, you know, and he even pulled out a, it is written statement. <laughs> now, I thought, I thought that was kind of funny myself, you know. He picked up on what Jesus was doing and the combinations that Jesus was throwing at him. Bam, bam, bam. And he said, oh, I got to try that back. So he said, hey, it is written. It didn't work, but, you know, he tried it. Um, and he threw it back at him. You know, Satan will, 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 will come at us with those things. And many of us say, Satan's attacking me. Satan's on my back. Um, I'm having troubles in my life. My kids, I'm having trouble with my kids. I'm having trouble with my finances. I'm having trouble with my body. I'm having trouble with this. A lot, sometimes the reason for those things is we haven't declared what is written. And some of us don't even know what is written. So when we begin to know what is written, that's relevant to what our issue is, and we begin to declare what is written, that's relevant to our issue. At that point, we're throwing Mike Tyson blows at the enemy then. We're throwing blows that he cannot stand on his feet with, okay? Am I saying that's going to eliminate everything? It may. It may not. Am I saying that miraculous things are going to happen at that time? It may. It may not. Well, what are you saying then? What's the purpose? Will things be better in my life when I declare that? It will. Most definitely will. Will I be in a better position? Will I be in better state of peace? You will. You most definitely will. So you choose at which level would you like to live your life at? You choose which level you feel is best for you. Real quickly, I want to cover um want to cover two areas. Two areas um two ways I would like to talk about how we can use the word of God, the sword of the spirit offensively. And the first one is exposing the deeds of darkness. You see, darkness covers shame. Darkness covers dirt. Darkness covers uncleanliness. Darkness covers sin. Darkness covers all those areas. And sometimes we choose to live in an area of darkness in certain areas of our life because we don't want them exposed to others. Why? Because it may embarrass us. It may show we're not as good as we think we are or that we give the perception of being. And so we keep those areas in darkness. It's not good for us as believers and followers of Christ to live in an area of darkness, you know. Um, It's better for us to live in the spirit of truth. In Ephesians, the fifth chapter and 11th verse, we're told to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness and instead expose them. We must proclaim it is written. And then the second area is to preach the gospel of salvation. And that's simply talking to others about Christ and his desire for mankind to accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Talking to others about Christ. This is the greatest way that we can cause damage to the kingdom of Satan. And that's by turning people away from Satan and pointing them into the the direction of Jesus Christ. It's imperative for us to know the scripture and then it's imperative for us to know how to use the scripture. It's imperative for us to know the sword 
And it's imperative for us to know how to use the sword. It's imperative for those things to happen. You just can't know it and think you're good. You got to know it and know how to rightly apply it. And then, if you want to know how to use the word of God, read and study the Bible. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, work hard so God can say to you, well done, be a good workman, one who does not need to be ashamed when God examines your work. Know what his word says and know what his word means. And then the second one is in doing is to pray for divine enlightenment for understanding. Pray that God gives you divine enlightenment to understand his word. Before you read the Bible, ask God to make clarity unto you the scriptures. Sometimes we get lost in the vows and the what, you know, the what is and, and we get lost in that. But pray for God to make clarity that you not only understand it, but take it to the next level. Pray that you understand the word of God, but understand how it applies to your life. That's the prayer you should pray. Lord, show me how this word applies to my life and I can apply it in my everyday living. And then the big thing is to memorize scripture. This is true for many reasons. So I I encourage you to memorize scripture because whenever a time comes up and Satan is attacking you, you can pull that scripture out, you can pull that sword out, and you can successfully fight against the attack of the enemy. If you don't know your word, then you don't have your, your sword with you. So how can you successfully fight against the enemy? Now you're bringing your fists, your right and left, to a sword fight. I don't know how well that's going to work out for you, but if that's the life you choose, then so be it. And then share the word of God with others. Finally, I'm sorry, before that, meditate on the word. What meditate is a little different than memorizing the word, but meditate just basically means to allow that thought to continually roll over in your mind, to continually think about it. That's meditating on the word of God throughout your day and throughout your life. And then finally, as I was saying... Share the word of God with others. When you share the word of God, many things happen. But two good, two things that I want to um, point out that happen is we are blessed. Um, we bless others by helping point them towards Christ when we share the word of God. And then the second thing is that we are blessed because in our sharing, we grow in our memory and we also grow in our knowledge of the word of God. I asked this gentleman who has very good knowledge of scripture and impeccable memory about the word of God. And I said, how do you remember all of this stuff? And he has a good memory about numbers. And I was just curious because I learned in competing in sports that when I ask those who are better than me and seek their wisdom, that causes me to rise my level up if I want to, if I begin to practice what they're speaking to me. So I asked him and he said, you know what? It's simple. I just share everything that I learn with others. I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah. He said, whatever I learn, I just share it with somebody else. And then I think of other ways of applying it to my life. And I thought that was unique. Um, So share the word of God. And finally, in summary, I want to say, but first, let's discuss commitment. Because that's the number one thing is commitment. And that is not only commitment to the word of God, but commitment to God. 
as your personal savior. Commitment not only to God as your personal savior, but trusting God. We could have God as our personal savior and still not trust him with our lives. You know what I'm saying? I could say he's my savior, he's my Lord, but however, I think I might be able to handle this part of my life a little better, you know, so I don't commit it unto him because a lot of times it's because it's going against the grain of what I believe or it's causing me to come outside of my comfortable state of being. So first of all, I like to take a second to just, for all of us to pray together, I want to ask you to stand and Those of you that can, and if you can't, that's all right. If you choose to sit, you can sit, but we're just going to pray. And those of you who want to, who have never committed your life to Christ, and you want to do that now, we're going to pray for that. And those of you who have committed your life to Christ, but you stepped far away from him, and you feel, you know, it's time to get my life straight, we're going to come back to Christ. And And I'm that every day. I'm that every day. So I know you have your perceptions of how a pastor is supposed to be and your perceptions of um, once saved, always saved. But, you know, I need to give my life and come back to Christ every day and commit my life to Christ. Am I saying I stepped outside of salvation? No, I'm not saying that. But I need to give my life and reassure myself and let myself know that I am not my own, but I am the Lord's. That's me. So let's pray together. I want to ask everyone to just close your eyes and just think about the Lord on your side. And if you fit either one of those areas, just pray with us to get pray. Repeat after me today. Father God, I thank you for blessing me with this opportunity to receive you at a greater level in my life. I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for me. And now I give my life to you. I ask that you use the word that you spoke today in my life. Help me be a better person and pleasing to you. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And I pray that through this week, that this scripture just ruminates in your mind, this teaching ruminates in your mind, because I promise you, once you begin to take on this sword and to use it, rightfully dividing the word of truth, man, you'll see how you go to another level. You will never want to go back to plastic wear again. I promise you. Bless you. So before we go, let's just lift up a song of praise. Oh, I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my
send them out in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, knowing that you are with us, that you are teaching us, and you are giving us all the things that we need for our everyday life. You are giving us the tools and the armor of the Spirit, and how grateful, God, we are for that. So we thank you, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everybody, and we'll see you next week continue just to celebrate the goodness of our God in the land of the living.